0: What's up everybody welcome to this week's edition of the unit report i am your host troy with sidekick um i don't know what what what's your designated title sidekick subordinate yeah all right um lucas the uh yeah i don't know sidekick works <laughs> um this this, uh, this report's going to be um Kind of back to the, I guess, good old days where we're going to go over a little bit of everything. I know the last few have either been um, pretty NHL heavy or baseball heavy just because of playoffs and whatnot. But um, this is, we're going to get back into some stuff like the good old days where we cover everything. So um, I think we'll have Lucas start us off. We'll just try to knock out NHL uh, to, um, to start us off.
1: Yeah, well, we're in the dog days of the NHL offseason where there's not a ton going on. So there's not a ton of signings or trades and stuff like we've been doing the past few weeks. But we did get some news today in regards to the Penguins and some coaching management moves. The big one was Trevor Daly, who spent his final two years after leaving the Penguins with the Red Wings, He joins the Penguins again after he officially retires as a player and joins them as a hockey operations advisor. And another move that I was actually done by the Penguins today that we didn't get to write down was uh, assistant general manager uh, Carmanos. I forget his first name. It's Jason or something. He was relieved of his duties, and they put in some interims to cover for – because the assistant GM is also the GM of the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins – So there's an interim there and an interim as an assistant GM for the uh, big, big team. But I forget the names of everybody who did it, but the rumor is, is that Jason Botterill, who was the assistant GM with the Penguins for a bunch of those years when we won the cups, when he left to go be the GM of Buffalo, things didn't work out. He was fired. The the plan is is that he's probably going to be coming back to the Penguins as assistant GM which was a role where he really thrived and, and the Penguins won Cups under him. So I wouldn't mind having him back on the team. And so those are the big moves in Penguin world. Uh, a lot of rumors have been going on about what's going to happen with the upcoming regular season, including a division realignment.
0: Um, just to feed in before we move on. I think it's kind of weird how it works with the Penguins because it, it seems like a good amount of players. I don't know if it's this team specifically, but it seems like a lot of guys, whenever they retire, they end up coming and doing like something with the Penguins. Um like Bill Guerin, once he retired, he ended up coming back. Gonchar came back, his defense, now tra- uh, Trevor Bauer's back. I think uh Trevor Daly. Oh Kennedy
1: or what I say? <laughs> he <said> Trevor Bauer. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All <right>. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like he'd be a good uh, like stat guy, but um yeah, sure. no tra- <laughs> Trevor Daly Rock Sport.
1: And Mark um, yeah, too. I
0: think, yeah, Tyler Kennedy came back. I don't remember what he did. I, I don't know if he was on the um like broadcasting side, but it seems like for this team, but I guess this is also because we follow them. There's a lot of guys that end up coming back and doing something and then they either a move on or like, I guess, go in a full retirement.
1: Yeah. So I that think, was just
0: an interesting note.
1: Yeah. Well, the Penguins are, you know, they're a very successful organization like like them or not, obviously the future doesn't look great, but if you, the chances of becoming something bigger once you join the Penguins at a lower level is probably a lot higher than joining at a low level for the Coyotes or the Sabres or anything. So a lot of guys, like you said, have come back and look at Garen. He joined, I think he was a scout for a few years. Then he became AGM, like assistant general manager, and now he's GM in Minnesota. And they have a great prospect pool and that their future looks really bright. So he's been, he's been making some weird moves this off season, but in general, I think, their future looks bright. Same thing happened with Botterill, who was the assistant general manager here for so long Then he le- left in Buffalo and it didn't work as well in Buffalo. So he's co- probably going to be coming back and guy, but but the player part of what you're saying about that. Uh, yeah. He, there's a, probably a good chance that daily gets a bigger role in the next few years. And then he might balance and find like a general manager job somewhere else because, you know, it's a, it's a great system that the Penguins have have here and, you know, Pittsburgh and wilkes
0: Very unique.
1: And um, actually funny you mentioned that because we didn't have this written down, but side note, I saw somewhere today that Shane Doan, the former Coyote longtime guy, is apparently might be rejoining the organization in a similar role as Trevor Daly, probably some hockey ops advisor stuff. So he's going to be getting back into uh, hockey, which is good he's a he's a nice guy from what I've heard.
0: Yeah so he's a pretty good guy from what I heard definitely one of the better I guess athletes notably just because I know like a lot of like the big names don't exactly get a very good um don't have a very good public
1: rep once they're outside of the spotlight. Yeah and he was one of those team guys that stayed with the Coyotes through all those years of pure misery and he was their leader through it all and he didn't, he never wanted to leave so He's pretty dedicated to that organization and it seems like he's going to get back into it, which is great. But um, back to next season, which everyone's trying to wonder what's next season going to look like. There have been a lot of rumors about what the divisions are going to look like. And prime minister of Canada Trudeau said that he's going to keep the border closed for a while now because the U S is still pretty high risk with COVID. And there have been a lot of rumors floated about there being an all Canadian team division. So all seven Canadian uh, teams play in one division, which would obviously impact the divisions here in the states because every division other than the Metro has at least one Canadian team. So Troy, what are we thinking here? How like how do you, how do you think this is gonna work?
0: Um, I don't know. I think we talked about this before we got on. I, I was it, Barstool. They whipped up a someone made a chart of the um like, of the potential divisions. I just think it would be weird with the Canadian ones, um, just with, like, the times the time difference. Because, like, if you put Vancouver and, like, Montreal and them all in one thing, then... Because technically, if it's in-division, doesn't that mean you play them more than anybody else? I guess if we keep that. Yeah. um, Like, same scenario that it's been in years previously.
1: Yes, I think... I think the idea would be actually to kind of do what the MLB did and only play within your division. Because if you're, if you can't cross the border like at all, especially like for like short road trips or anything, then like it's going to be like all in division, kind of like how the MLB did how the pirates only played teams in the AL and NL central. They didn't go East or West. So I guess all the Canadian teams would only play each other for the, for the next season. That's my idea of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It would just be strange because I feel like there's going to be, especially out west where everything's a lot more scattered out, whereas I feel like it's definitely easier to do from, like, Detroit eastward just because of how close all the teams are. But there's ultimately going to be just kind of, like, the couple wonky divisions where, like, they don't really make sense geographically just because, like, yeah, I mean, because I saw what one of the proposals were was basically um, if we did the all Canadian thing and then we kept the metro, you would still have like something. What happened with like almost in this in the central of the country, because you would have to take like Detroit and all those and all uh, those guys, and then it's like how do you make that work? Because you can do an Atlantic, you can do a Pacific, a metro, but then how does you know what I mean? What are you gonna do? That's kind of where it gets weird because Metro, if you look at them, it's a really pretty close clump of teams. Whereas
1: mm-hmm.
0: Central Westward, I mean, it's like you're gonna have pretty much probably what maybe half the country geographically in lumped into one division, and then have the Atlantic and the Metro still being mostly intact. So I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting concept, but. I guess there would have to be a lot of planning, and they, but in all fairness, they did pull off the bubble, so.
1: Yeah, and kind of uh, piggybacking off of what you were saying is that um, the Atlantic, if they do an all-Canadian division, the Atlantic loses three teams. They lose Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal. So I, you'd probably see a team like Detroit move west because they're the furthest west. Uh, I mean, hypothetically, Columbus, maybe even Pittsburgh, I don't know. But they'd have to – and then the uh, Central loses Winnipeg. The Pacific, though, they would lose uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. So it's kind of like the Central and the Metro could probably survive, but it's the Atlantic and Pacific which would lose most of the teams. And then you're left with, like, the Pacific – the leftovers of the Pacific and Atlantic, and you can't put them together because they are the furthest away. You can't put Los Angeles in the same division as Tampa. So – I think that there might there also may be an idea I've seen floated around where you put these divisions in not bubble per se, but like you try to centralize them, kind of like what you were saying earlier before we recorded, how Buffalo would be like a hypothetical hub or something like that, where there are cities in America that have multiple arenas, you know? Like it doesn't, if we're not doing fans, if that's something that we're still not at yet, there are definitely enough NHL sized rinks in the Pittsburgh area where you could hold like a couple games a day. And I'm sure it's, I know it's like that in Buffalo as well. Boston too, I bet. Stuff like that. So I'm not exactly sure what the plan is, but there has to be something made here. And I'm happy it's not my job. Um,
0: True. I think there's going to be a bunch of um, unhappy people. The summer's going to be unhappy at the end of this, but. Um, it's just going to be really strange because you either a are going to do the bubble city, but I feel like when whenever uh, Tampa ended up winning the cup, just seeing how like, drained and destroyed everyone was. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they would be kind of hesitant to try to do something like that again, considering this would be for an entire season. But I don't know. You never really know.
1: Yeah. So you just posted this map I see here. You, yes. Who, where this is from?
0: Um, this was, I think this is the one that, I forget who tweeted it. I think it was one of the, like, um, like hockey rumor guys. But basically, the map that we're looking at is, um, it's the, I guess, speculated divisions, if we were to do it. And it it, it pretty much keeps, um, it eliminates the metro in the Atlantic, and it basically splits them into north and south, however you want to call that. So it would be Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia, New Jersey, the Rangers, the Islanders, and Boston in one division. You still have your all-Canadian division. And then I guess for your – what do you call the Southeastern is what they're calling it. It's um, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, Nashville, Carolina, um, the Panthers, and the Lightning are in one now, whenever you get out west, this is where it's really weird. This is what I was talking about earlier, where it's like just I, – I don't even know how to describe this. It's literally over half of the United States is now being turned into one division, where it would be Minnesota, Dallas, um, the Avalanche, the Coyotes, Knights, Ducks, Kings, and the Sharks. I mean, that's a big spread for – in. In quotes division
1: yeah if travel is an issue I mean you move if you move Minnesota somewhere further west and you move Dallas maybe a little more west too it doesn't seem as terrible it's definitely more compact um but even like having I was gonna say Tampa and Florida as far away but like like that's just how it is there's no team that's there's no team in like Georgia or Alabama or Mississippi that's going to make it any closer for Tampa and Florida. That's just how they've survived this far. And having Carolina is closer than any team that they're normally in a division with because they're normally with Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Boston, and Buffalo. So, I think that just uh, that and the fact that they
0: close to the borders is definitely what I guess is the biggest hindrance on this is because logically if you're looking at this, what I get out of it is, Pretty much the West Coast, you draw a line between Edmonton and Arizona. Boom, that's one division. I think that's pretty clear cut. Um, for the Northeast, I guess you would take probably throw out Pittsburgh and Buffalo, I guess, and then um, add in Ottawa and Montreal. I'll call that one division. And then you can tack in Pittsburgh and Buffalo and Toronto. And then kind of go south with that. So pick up Detroit, Columbus, Nashville, and then those guys. And then for your division in the middle, you would end up having Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, the Jets, the Avs, and the Stars. So that's how I would do it if we didn't have the border thing. But, yeah, if they do that, just really having the all-Canadian team kind of messes everything up. But it is what it is.
1: I was going to say, it seems like you're just trying to make like like geographically perfect divisions, which I mean, that's I what I was
0: thinking. Cause you'd figure you want to do what meant what your goal here is to what minimize travel. And if you're not going to do a bubble.
1: Yeah. But you can't be like, you have to take into consideration though, that the border just straight up, isn't going to be open by the time that the, no, I know starts. Yeah, no, I know. So, and, they, and I don't think they want to carry like a group of like 50 guys back and forth over the border. And, It's, I mean, I, we live in it, so it doesn't seem as bad. But if you're like one of the Canadian teams you just, you like, you don't want that. You don't want to have to have that risk. And especially a team like Winnipeg or like Edmonton where their cities aren't that big and like, they don't have a ton of people coming in and out, but then you bring an American team in there, you know, you're risking, you're risking a lot. So I've, this is the first I've seen this map. I'm not sure how like official this is because also they're using a lot of old logos, so I'm not sure who exactly made this or, like, how, like, credible it is. But, I mean, it's I think it's just an idea.
0: I think everyone just kind of whipping up their own proposals.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it's it wouldn't be the worst thing. And what's not talked about enough is how close Buffalo and Pittsburgh are. It's amazing how they're not in the same division, like, normally.
0: Well, it was the same. I made this argument whenever um, – um, with Columbus, whenever – before they joined, they were on the other side of the fence there for –
1: they were I in guess the, the West, longest yeah. time.
0: I know that, that's so just Detroit.
1: Weird. Detroit was in the West for. Remember, we yeah. played them in the final <laughs> twice, like a decade ago. So, yep,
0: that's not possible anymore.
1: Yeah, but um, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, like, like we said, nothing here is official. But this is just a hypothetical idea. I don't hate it. I do ultimately think, at least until they can get fans. I'd in rather. The seats. I would
0: rather do anything. What. Throat. Yeah, I would rather have something than anything. So
1: I think until they can officially get through whatever the seats, there's a good chance that they probably do these divisions in like a bubble kind of format. Maybe not as strict of a bubble, but maybe more of like a – I don't know what I'm trying to get at. Like more of like a, like a general area, like maybe like a couple – like two cities or something. Because you have – if you have teams from New York going to Pittsburgh – And then the Boston and, like, Washington, those are all, like, bigger cities that you don't want, like, that probably have, like, higher infection rates. I know New York's doing a little better now, but I think the general idea is that they're not going to want to do travel, or at least a ton of travel. I know the MLB did it, but they had their fair share of problems this year. I mean, it got better, but it started off pretty terrible. With the Marlins and the Cardinals, I don't know. It's – it's all hypothetical we don't really know what's going to happen but it's interesting it's fun to talk about yes and going off of how that's going to work uh, michael russo of the athletic for athletic minnesota said that there was an idea to do the first game the opening game on january 1st and do it in Banff, alberta on lake louise and it's a beautiful backdrop it's if you've ever played nhl ones on uh think we talked about this
0: last time a little bit
1: yeah, but there's new there's a development on it is that that idea is not possible anymore. So they're going to try to do they're still trying to find an aesthetically pleasing backdrop like for an outdoor game to start the season. And it wouldn't be attended by fans because like the winter we're going to get to in a second the Winter Classic and the All-Star Game events have all been postponed. So but it, they still want to do some kind of outdoor unique kind of startup to have like a real like firework opening to their regular season. And some proposals have been the uh, redo canal in Ottawa. Uh, there's a couple others like out like act like natural bodies of water, like for, that would probably be frozen by then. But it's all hypothetical. But I think any idea where they have like an outdoor natural outdoor game is going to be pretty sick. Yeah, I think it would be cool. We'll see if it happens. Would you like to go on, move on? Um,
0: yeah, moving on. Um, we're, we're in the what week are we in in the free agency? Three?
1: No, like I'd say probably four. We're, we're. I don't even know.
0: So my. Anyway, yeah, we're still we're still a good bit into free agency. Um, I guess a little over two months until the start of the proposed start of the regular season. We still have uh, quite a few teams over the salary cap, so I would imagine there's going to be Quite a few moves getting made. Probably a couple steals where it we're going to get close to the end and they just ultimately have to dump them. But, yeah, expect a few pretty good trades coming up in the next couple of weeks with teams trying to get way under. I know Vegas is a good bit over. So
1: Yeah, the, um, team, the teams that are over right now are Anaheim, Vegas, Washington, Toronto, St. Louis, Vancouver, and Arizona.
0: Yeah, so you have some big-name teams in there, so I'd imagine a couple pretty big um, pretty big names getting moved around for not very much in return.
1: Kind of like the Nate Schmidt deal that we saw a little bit ago.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, this is just a sort of discussion. Well, we have, one, we have actually a story we want to talk about here about the Coyotes, but I want to save that for one second because it's a pretty – pretty deep uh thing to talk about uh i just had an idea because like the regular season is coming up sooner than later they're they're definitely trying to get it going uh we've seen most of the big moves happen for the off season we kind of have an idea of what teams are going to look like and i wanted to have a discussion who do we think is one team that's going to surprise this upcoming season and maybe make a playoff push that maybe necessarily didn't make the playoffs or wouldn't have in a normal year this past year? And what's one team that way overplayed this past season and is going to disappoint the hell out of everybody? Do you have any ideas um, about this, Troy, or do you want me to go first?
0: I'm thinking for a surprise. Um, I kind of – I don't know. I don't know for playoffs, but I feel like Buffalo is going to be better than they have been in the past couple years. I definitely want to throw them up
1: there. I was gonna say yeah, that I definitely through a buffer up surprise. there
0: because they have a couple. They added a couple big name players. Um, for a disappointing team. Hmm. This one's kind of a hard one. I'll let you go ahead with your surprise because I'm kind of stuck with a disappointing team. I'm not a hundred percent sure.
1: Well, I was going to say Buffalo actually is my surprise, too, just because I think that they've made a lot of good moves this offseason that really can kind of fill out their roster. They filled out a lot of needs that they had. But since you said Buffalo, I'm going to do something different. And I'll say Montreal. I still don't agree with their decision to put so much money into goaltending. Their backup is getting paid more than I think our, our starter is, which is uh, – well, Penguin starter, which is kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I think Montreal, they felt they, like Buffalo, I think filled out a lot of issues on their roster. Uh, and I could see them making a push. I think they have a, they're kind of like the Golden Knights in their inaugural year, where they don't have like a ton of terrific players. I think they just have a lot of really good players. And I think if you have a roster built like that, there's a chance that you can. Like, once you get into the playoffs, it's a free-for-all. And I think that they're a team that we saw this past year. Once they got into the playoffs, no one expected them to do well, and they, like, were wrecking worlds. They destroyed the Penguins, and they gave the Flyers a run for their money. So my surprise team is going to be Montreal. Now that you've had some time to think about it, what's your disappointing team? Disappointing
0: team. Um, man, this is a tough one. Because I feel like the disappointing teams are are already, like, at the bottom. Because, like, I was going to pick New Jersey because they haven't done much, but they're already at 26.
1: Well, no, pick a team that, like, was good this past year that you think isn't going to be as good.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is I don't really um, –
1: I'll go if you don't want to.
0: I kind of want to uh, – I don't know. I say I kind of want to see Boston, but I just don't think – I don't think they'll perform in level eight this year, but I think they'll still be a playoff team. But for – True disappointment, I don't really think I have anyone.
1: I was going to say Boston. Uh, and it's weird because they're the reigning President's Trophy winning team. I know it was a shortened year, but they're still going to win it. But they still don't, they don't have Chara back yet. And he was, a he, as old as he is, he's still a big piece to their team. Uh, they're going to be without Pasternak and Marshawn to start the season. And those are their two top point getters. And after them last year, it was Bergeron who had way less points than the two of them. It was two of them at the top and then Bergeron was way beneath them. So there's a big drop off for scoring there. And it's, I, I don't see them performing. I think they're still going to be probably a playoff team, maybe a little fringe. But I think that they're going to have a hard time, especially if the regular season is shortened and they have to kind of, uh, they, they're like not going to have as many games with with Pasta and Marchand. It's going to be hard for them, I think, to compensate for that lack of goal scoring I'll say Boston but another team I could kind of see on that edge is Edmonton I know I've praised Edmonton and uh talked about how good they I mean they have a two-headed monster and McDavid and Drysidal, but you've defended them to the end I'm kind of surprised to hear this one well the thing is is that last year they got more support from they got support from like the other guys You're always going to have McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they're always going to perform to an outstanding level. But you need those other guys to step up. I didn't particularly like the moves they made this offseason in that they re-signed Mike Smith when there was a ton of goalies available, and they decided Mike Smith was the one they wanted, who is not the same Mike Smith as he was five years ago. And Tyson Berry was their big get in free agency. And I'm not a big Tyson Berry fan. I don't think he is – I don't think he's very good. Especially defensively, which is what they need. They need a defensive defenseman, and they went out and got another guy who can just score on the power play. So it seems like they're just stacking up on one thing. They're not filling out their roster. So either Boston or Edmonton would be my disappointments.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I still want to lean. On. I still think Boston's going to be a playoff team, but I just I feel like they're the they're the one team where since they have a couple gaps to fill, I think this is going to be the team that can do it. But, I, yeah, I definitely don't think they're going to be at the level that they played at this previous season. All right, do we want to move on? We'll move on to this um, rather uh, – well, we'll just let you get into it first, and then we'll analyze it. Not great news coming out of the uh, Coyotes organization.
1: Yeah, it seems like this offseason has just been, like, jab after jab for the Arizona Coyotes. They've just been – not having oh, this great... one's
0: well deserved. This yeah, they, one's well they deserved. haven't
1: been getting the greatest press, but this one is kind of their own fault. So, their first round pick in this in last month's uh, draft is a, a guy by the name of Mitchell Miller. And to be perfectly honest with you, as a hockey player, I don't know much about him. I don't know really. Uh, I don't know his stats. I don't know his history. I'm not even exactly sure what position he is. I didn't know about him actually until today. When a story came out from AZ Central, which I believe is a newspaper in Arizona, with a report of uh, Mitchell when he was a, when he was younger, I think it was four years ago, uh, he admitted in Ohio juvenile court to bullying a disabled black student by the name of Isaiah Meyer Crothers, and this was in Ohio. He admitted to the the court to bullying him, and he tricked him into licking a candy push pop that the boy that Miller and another boy wiped in the bathroom urinal and after that had happened the the boy who licked it this disabled boy Meyer Crothers tested for hepatitis HIV and other STDs they all came back negative
0: thankfully but
1: but they all but he had to test for all those and while this happened uh Miller and the other boy apparently called him brownie and the n-word repeatedly while they're hitting him so this was their
0: junior year this was their junior year of high school so this wasn't even like i'm just i'm reading this as we're going along because this literally just came out like a couple minutes before we started recording that's awful because like you can't even make the excuse of like their kids if this happened in like i don't know like third grade or something like you're a junior in high
1: school like you're what 17 18 that's pretty terrible. Well, he's 18 now, and it says four years ago, so he would have been 14. He wouldn't have been a junior in high school. He would have been, like, a freshman.
0: Did I read this wrong? It is says there, in June. No, he was in eighth grade. He was he in was eighth, eighth grade. grade was, yeah, yeah, they were in eighth grade. That's so, still well like, so You're are, still, like, a bunch of
1: 14-, 15-year-olds. So people are going to try to use the excuse he was a kid. He, he deserves a second chance. No, or whatever. you're not. But everyone – Everything that I've seen, on like, online about this is that – like they never like he never like apologized or anything and he hasn't shown any proof of trying to become a better person because of it everything is just terrible and like i just reading reading the story of what he made him what he made him and his buddy made this kid do makes me want to throw up it's disgusting it's that disgusting. they that they would not just like the act of like what they made him do but the things that they called him and the fact he was disabled and they were taking advantage of a disabled kid who didn't know any better and who was just doing what what he was told and he was being bullied he
0: thought if you read it further he thought that they were um his friends
1: that's and they and, and they took advantage of that and that absolutely disgusts me i i, I have family members with disabilities i i grew up with like a, with bunch of people that were disabled and i it makes me sick to think that there are, pe- there are people like this in the world and he's getting rewarded he he has a fine life and he, he never had to apologize it's just great isn't it it's it's disgusting the the things he made him do the things he said there's no place in in hockey and sports and society or society for this kind of behavior. And I and the Coyotes released a statement, and I'm going to read it in full here.
0: No, no let's go. Before you read this, the, the amazing part is is if he admitted this, so when did he, he admitted this in juvenile court? So he had to have been under 18. So this was four years ago, and he admitted to it. So it's not like the Coyotes didn't know about this before they drafted him. That's kind of the astonishing part where it's like, it's a different, it's a completely different ball game. If like they drafted him and then it comes out that, you know, he did this because I mean, in all fairness, that could happen with anybody, but the fact that they knew this and I I don't want to say brushed it under the carpet, but never even said anything about it, or didn't do anything publicly and then drafted him and then waited for people to discover this and then make their announcement. I think that's pretty bad on the behalf of the coyotes.
1: Well, you're, you're going to, in the statement, they admit to knowing about it, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to just read it through. It's going to take a second, but just bear with me. Our fundamental mission is to ensure a safe environment, whether in our in schools, in our community, in hockey rinks, or in the workplace, to be free of bullying and racism. When we first learned of Mitchell's story, it would have been easy for us to dismiss him. Many teams did. Instead, we felt it was our responsibility to be part of the solution in a real way, not just saying and doing the right things ourselves, but ensuring that others are too. Given our priorities on diversity and inclusion, we believe that we are in the best position to guide Mitchell into becoming a leader for this cause and preventing bullying and racism now and in the future. As an organization, we have made our expectations very clear to him. We are willing to work with Mitchell and put in the time, effort, and energy and provide him with the necessary resources and platform to confront bullying and racism. This isn't a story about excuses or justifications. It's a story about reflection, growth, and community impact. A true leader finds ways for every person to contribute to the solution. We all need to be part of the solution. What do you have to say about that? This is a
0: joke because basically what he said in the first paragraph is it's like, instead of like admitting that you did wrong, basically we're going to give you resources so then you can become like a, um, I guess an ambassador for it. That's like taking Michael Vick and slapping his face on some dog food. Like, there's no way you could possibly go from one end of the spectrum to being like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way you can completely go from, like, just doing this disgusting behavior to being like, oh, it's terrible. I would never do this and then sit there and ridicule other people that try to do it. When, in all fairness, you wouldn't have done crap unless the organization made you do something to protect them.
1: And that statement was uh, made by Team President Xavier Gutierrez, who uh, is on actually the NHL's uh, Executive Inclusion Council, because he himself is a person of color. And the Coyotes are a very progressive team for the most part in trying to involve uh, people of color into their organization. But actually I saw a chart earlier where the only person of color they've ever had on their roster was Anthony Duclair for like a hundred games. They're like, I think second last in the league among games played by people of color. So as as much as they're trying to act like they're all inclusive in reality, it's just a front. They're not doing very much.
0: Well, I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to get to in their second, in their second part where, where is it? It's literally uh, quoted where, where I'm trying to figure out where it is. Um, Oh, this isn't a story about excuses or justifications it's about a story of reflection growth and community impact there you go so like i don't know it's i i just feel like that they should have had this like basically front and center if they knew that they were going to draft the kid or like even i don't know because you don't know you're going to draft someone but like even if he's a possibility, I think you already have something made because sooner or later someone's going to dig up this kind of stuff, and lo and behold, they did. But I don't know. I feel like this is something where it's like it's going to be easier to get people behind it if you, like, I guess kind of bring up the topic voluntarily than wait for someone to find it then be like, oh, well, you found this, so now we're going to have to whip up some statement where this is how we're going to help fix it, and then in reality – they're all sitting over there shooting themselves in the foot because someone dug this up and now they have to make it look like they have to come up with some cover for
1: it. Well that's exactly what happened is AZ Central uh found this and then they they made their they made their report and then they got their reaction from uh the Coyotes organization and whatnot, and this isn't just like a rumor story or anything. This was retweeted and uh, shared by Elliot Friedman, who is probably the most reputable hockey source there is. Uh, he's of Sportsnet, so this isn't just like a like a clickbaity article. This is a real story. This is something the Coyotes knew about, willingly took him. There couldn't have been any better hockey player. There couldn't have been any better person they could have picked with their pick. Instead, they decide to pick this asshole, and in here, here we are. So, I'm not sure exactly what else there is to say about it. I've made my position, and you've made your position on this very clear. Unless this guy, just- unless this guy has like tangible evidence that he's improved as a person and he's like tried to make change and help others, uh, he can go to hell. I really don't care. And the Arizona Coyotes have already had a terrible offseason with losing draft picks because they. They made uh, prospects work out in private workouts and shit. So, at this, I've I've been cheering for the Coyotes. They have my favorite player, Phil Castle, and they've always been the underdog. But after this stuff, I don't care. I don't care about them anymore. And maybe they should move. Maybe they should fold. I don't really care.
0: <laughs> Houston Coyotes. Um. All right.
1: Yep. Houston. So MLB, we're in the World Series, baby, and a lot yes. has happened. I want you to get into this.
0: Um. All right, so basically we made our predictions last time. It looks like I am one game away from the, from, if I, if the Dodgers win the next game, I would have called, I, w- I will have called the NHL winner in games in the World Series winner and in games. Um, It's definitely been one heck of a series so far with uh, pitching wise, because they, both teams have some pretty good aces. Um, yeah, so we were, they were tied up until game four. No, they, they tied the first two and then game four, Tampa ended up winning. But, um, yeah, what an insane inning to game four. It was a, I believe it was the bot. it was what, bottom of the ninth. Um, the Rays were the home team and then it was a, I don't remember where the, where did the ball go?
1: It was, left, right, left, it was right. It was right center or left center. It was right center because the I think it was I don't know if it was a center or right fielder, but they grabbed it and like it. Uh, it was Brett Phillips who uh, lobbed it into right center, and then the tying run came into score. I think it was Kiermeier maybe, and then Arena, our favorite uh, Randy Arena, was rounding third and he tripped and fell, uh, and while well, the cutoff throw made it to the catcher, and the catcher Austin Barnes bobbled it. And Arizarana sprinted home from, from from the ground, slid in, and one of the wildest endings to a World Series game we've ever seen. Was safe, and that led us to a tight series again. And then what happened?
0: Um then game five happened. Um yeah. It, this was basically uh, Kershaw happened. But this was yeah, this game was yesterday. I don't remember what the final, I didn't get to see any of this just with classes and stuff, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, the only thing I saw from the game was uh, Margo on the uh, Rays tried stealing home and would have been insane if he made it. But Kershaw was able to step off and avoid a balk and throw it in time and just beat him. So that was the craziness of game five. They're trying to carry it over from game four. Just insane. I love how the Rays are always trying like crazy, like unorthodox things and experimenting with baseball. But it didn't work. True. Did not work.
0: uh, Game five, Dodgers won 4-2. And now the Dodgers have the 3-2 lead on the series. Um, Game six is going to be – Tuesday, October twenty seventh. It's an eight oh eight start on Fox, and it's going to be Snell versus Goslin. I believe, yeah, Goslin's zero and two with a nine point three nine ERA against Snell, who is two and two with a three point three ERA. So this is definitely a uh, interesting one. But
1: what are your thoughts? I mean, my prediction was raised in 5, so there went that. That's over. But, but um, like realistically I didn't think they're going to win in 5, but I was just on such a uh, Randy Arozarena high. And he set the record for the most home runs in a single playoff. And another record that actually happened was Clayton Kershaw now is the playoff strikeout leader, which is insane because everyone says that he's the playoff choker, but now he's the best all-time. Uh, just, that's just a side note. Um, I don't know. I really want the Rays to win, but it's, they have to win two Me in a too. row. I just, I, it's three to two. So they have to win three in a, I mean, two in a row here. And it's, that's a tough Dodgers team. And like, logically like thinking, like I said before, this just seems to be the year of the teams that are due. The lightning were due. The Lakers were due. Now it would make a lot of sense for the Dodgers to, to pull this off and win. And Kershaw deserves it. He's had that label for like a decade now of being the playoff choker. If he can finally get one, I think that, I mean, his legacy is already solidified as one of the best starting pitchers of our generation, but I mean, a ring looks a lot better, you know? So for his sake, I hope he wins, but for my heart, I really want the Rays to win. You know, it'd be really nice, but that is what it is. I, know, I
0: think have probably most of the country's with you there, but is what it is. Um, also, a random fun fact: uh, the MLB lost out on three point one billion dollars because of the shortened season.
1: Now, now here's a question nobody's asking. Now, how is Bob Nutting gonna pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for our roster next year? How are we gonna do it with with all that lost money? How are we gonna pay uh, Adam Fraser like did thirty you, grand? Did you
0: actually not hear? Not hear what? Oh, uh, so uh, how they plan to do this? Oh no, no, I haven't. No, please. Oh uh, yeah, uh, so basically, um, since nutting and Seven Springs, here we go. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> basically, what they're doing is, um, instead of using the snow, like generators, is ba- basically he um rerouted all the signs for Pendot. It's like a free dump for snow in the winter. And then also all i don't know if you remember the um the whip at kennywood that in the um like the old cars where you drove around on the track with the cable he actually bought that for 30 cents a foot and is going to replace all of the um, ski lift cable with that old that really you know nice old and authentic kennywood cable it's been out in the weather for the past like 70 years so that way, um, we can actually he can sell the actual um, cable and then, you know, pay for the entire uh, pitching rotation.
1: Well, that's good to hear. You know, it is, it's, uh, it's, I, it's, I was I was a little brutal. worried. I was a little PNC, worried. Yeah,
0: um, that and uh, food prices are at Fancy Park are gonna go up 30%, going to go up another thirty percent. Parking going to go up seventy percent, and it's also. Um, we we've moved on to it's um, bring your own chair, if you're in the upper decks. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. It's definitely it's definitely pretty
1: bad. Isn't the uh, left field uh, like left field pavilion? Isn't that standing room only now? You gotta like stand like the entire time.
0: I think so. Well, no, because I know what happened last year. Well, at least for this season, since we're playing at PNC Park, is. They have to bring all the goats back in to mow over PNC Park because uh-huh. it actually got turned into a farm. It's actually um, the yield the uh, ye old Nutting Potato Farm, and they grow potatoes.
1: Someone make that Photoshop out
0: on, <laughs> out on the warning track and stuff. But yeah, that's actually like you know you know the crab fries. Hmm.
1: Yes, yes, I do. That's
0: how we're paying for it because food prices went up seventy percent. That's exactly. It's homegrown. You can off, you can sell it as organic, you know, literally homegrown at the ballpark. And then now the goats are gonna come back in, plow everything over. And then, you know, it may, it, it, what I'm thinking of doing is since there's no um, preseason, is they're gonna go spray um, manure all over the field, so just the field can get used to having crap standing all over it.
1: Jesus,
0: for Christ. the regular season, for the regular season. <laughs> But yeah, just some big changes coming. Gotta save some money. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, another fun fact. PNC Park. He actually bought. They're closing down. It's very sad. They're closing down the Pittsburgh Airport, and they're gonna move it to um, the Allegheny River. So then that way he doesn't have to pay for the lighting bill because then he can just have all the um, airplanes come over with like their uh, like landing lights and stuff, and that'll eliminate the field. Same thing with um the, hel- the medevac helicopters.
1: Yeah, Duquesne it's Light be is amazing. killing them. I know, it's, it's them.
0: terrible. I know, but freaking, yeah, it's bad.
1: I can't wait to buy my $200 bucket of wings from Quaker Steak and Lube.
0: <laughs> yes, for all three of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I nope. just, I,
0: the part I don't understand is like it's already bring your own chair, but like this is really going to suck whenever I have to carry bags of concrete up and down the um, concourse, the build my own foundation to sit on. It's going to be torturous.
1: Yeah. They, give, they actually give you a job when you walk in, like on your ticket, they'll like have someone like they'll rip the little stub off and everything. Then they'll write on it. They'll be like usher, or they'll be like, sorry, you're at the, you're at the crab fries tonight. You have to work the counter, you know, like they need, It's it's the price of admission, you know? Yeah. They need labor. Well they need actually
0: labor. actually for um it, it got even worse because he furloughed everybody and replaced um all of the ushers with literal cardboard cutouts of Usher. It's terrible. <laughs> but, like, it's awful because he'll be there for like three games until it rains and it's just really sad Usher.
1: Uh, <laughs> and you know what, actually they fired the organist because they couldn't afford that and they can't license any of the music anymore. So we can't have warm-up music. They just have um, one of the jobs that they give out whenever someone comes in is they, they set them behind a computer and they go in GarageBand and you just have to like put, put together some things, you know, like batting cleanup, number 24, Pedro Alvarez. And then they just put a bunch of like random loops together. And it's, it sounds um, terrible. It just sounds disgusting. No, but no, no. no. The, the, it is I think it is. you, I think you got this wrong. No, no, no. The oh, organist no, still right. works there.
0: The organist still works there.
1: What does the organist do?
0: (laughs) Oh, it's pretty bad. So basically the organist is for all the season ticket members, they can, um, you know, generate their money from last year. They're actually having the organist be a little organist and he's harvesting everyone's kidneys and then (laughs) selling them on the black market. So the organist is quite literally an organist. It's pretty disgusting, but you got to get that money back somehow.
1: You know, I'm gonna get a text later from Bob Nutting, and he's gonna be like, "Yo, yo, like, get your, give me your friend's number." He's onto something.
0: <laughs> I know it's it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, the really the yeah that, and then I guess all the players are gonna be wearing um, Antonio Brown and Andrew McCutcheon jerseys because those are the <laughs> only ones they could find at that USA Thrift down on Fifty One. That's, like, the best we could make it this season, so it's kind of sad.
1: It's going to be Santonio Holmes, Le'Veon Bell, AB, McCutcheon, and Neil Walker Oh, uh, the jerseys. amount of
0: Ben Roethlisberger's and one, um, it in playing in one game is going to be unbelievable.
1: <laughs> every night's going to, like, be like, – you know, sometimes they have, like, the honor jerseys where they put, like, everyone has the same, like, number or name on the back. Yes, every, it's every, way cheaper that way. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell night every night at PNC Park. <laughs> Much. <laughs> so That's moving off moving off of all of those uh, fun stories, um, there actually is good news out of Pirate Land where Jacob Stallings and Adam Frazier have both been nominated as top three at their position for gold gloves. Do you see either of them winning?
0: Um, if they do win, it's just going to be gloves because Bob's going to take the gold and give them a bunch of like nitro hospital gloves. But, um, yeah, no, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I don't – I just don't see how – I don't know. Like, I want them to win personally, but just the sheer fact that, like, the worst team in the league could have anyone that is even being mentioned for this just kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit.
1: But, yeah, I don't know. I I just don't see it. I could see Stallings doing it. I think he had an amazing year. Uh, I don't really – I'm not confident in, in that prediction, but it's an idea. I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't mention it. Mind an saying, idea. Uh, moving off of MLB talk, we're into football. And get ready. This is your favorite sport here, Troy. We're talking about football. The Pittsburgh yes. Steelers are the last undefeated team remaining in the NFL, and they're 6 0. They beat the fellow undefeated Tennessee Titans yesterday. Uh, they had a very dominant first half, and they kind of let it go in the second half. And with 14, 15 seconds remaining, uh, Steven Goskowski, longtime Patriot kicker, now Titan kicker, missed a 47-yarder that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime, but instead he missed it wide right, and the Steelers walk out of Nashville with a victory, and they're still undefeated. This coming week, they play the Baltimore Ravens, which is sure to be a hotly contested game. I think that's going to be a much, more harder, a much harder game than this Tennessee game is going to be. But good, good things all out of Steeler land. It seems like it's, uh, everything's going good. And this is the first time, uh, the second time in team history that they've started 6-0. and So things are looking up. Things are looking very good. Not the so only, good. The only Go
0: scary part is I've actually, I've watched the past couple of games. It's like, they look like a legit full-on like, team. And then like the second half comes around and I don't know what the heck happens.
1: Yeah, it's. I think that that offense has a hard time, like, uh, staying, keeping it It's hard consistent. to watch
0: because it's like they do everything in the first half, and then it's like they somehow always work their way back. And then this one they want – because this one, if they made the field goal, it would have gone into overtime, and essentially NFL overtime win, wins by a coin flip. So.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. It's but, just
0: – I don't know. I think they're definitely getting a little bit close for comfort, so –
1: but that defense is so good. It's, it's all time good. It's insane how good that defense is. And the Steelers historically always win behind great defenses. Whenever they went this few years with the insane offense and the mediocre defense, when they had bell and Brown, they, they weren't very successful. They had good regular seasons. And then anytime the playoffs came around, they lost to new England or Jacksonville. The one that one year, which was insane. But um, this is this seems like a team that can win, and I'm really I'm really on on the train. I think that they have a good shot this year. Yeah, uh,
0: we'll see what happens.
1: Not as good news. Well, at least for Steelers fan, it's good news, but a Browns fan, not. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on a play that he wasn't even really a part of. He was just like kind of off to the side and blocking. He tore his ACL out for the year. Tough. You know. That's
0: unfortunate. Hate to say it. Because those are hard injuries to come back from.
1: Yeah, but uh, the Browns ended up coming. They were losing that game actually pretty big at the beginning. But um, after OBJ went down, Baker Mayfield went on an absolute tear and had a walk-off touchdown throw to end the game. And they beat the Bengals, so good on them. And that the AFC North is crazy good. The Browns probably going to be third, and they're probably still going to be a really good team. And the Ravens and Steelers are just going to battle it out for that top seed. Um, in former Steeler news, uh, Antonio Brown, he's getting his chance. He's He left Pittsburgh, got traded to Oakland. Oakland released him, signed with New England for a week, then they released him, and now he's back with his best friend, Tom Brady, in Tampa Bay. He's joining the Bucks, I believe, after next week. I don't think he can play next week. I think it has to be after next week. He'll join the team. What do you think about that news?
0: Oh, I just uh, I don't know. It's gonna be the same crap with a different. Um, it's gonna be it's, the, yeah, it's it's gonna be the same crap with a different team. I don't I don't know. It just seems like for a guy that is just so full of himself, that like you would think he would like shut up and like I guess play the game so then you can kind of keep that like title as number one, but it just seems like he's just like so over his head and full of himself that like doing this i don't know i i i pretty partially blame this on the team because i don't know why you'd want to deal with this crap because it's like you could have the best player in the world but then he's an absolute nightmare for the other six days of the week it just it just seems like a drama story that they don't need because it seems like whoever has him is always number one on something oh there's always something happening it never ends i don't know Personally, I'd rather just not have him and have to figure out another way than have the, in quotes, best player. Yeah, I don't know. If they want to deal with it, go for it. But it's the same crap that happened in New England. Because whenever he went there, they were number one, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, well, the thing with New England was is that it wasn't his behavior that got him out of New England. He played the one game, and he I think he got a touchdown. He did pretty well. But then sexual assault allegations came out. And that it's was still him, it, but it happened before he was a patriot. It just it came, it was released whenever he joined the team. So, but there have been rumors that Tom Brady may be the AB whisperer, and he's been able to kind of mentor him and try to like get him in a better place. And if that's the case, look out because if AB can keep his head straight, look at all the weapons the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Like, even if you take away the ones that they had and just look at the ones that they added this past season, Rob Gronkowski, one of the best tight ends in the game, Leonard Fournette, trending down, but still one of the better running backs in this league, LaShawn McCoy, one of the best running backs of the generation. Uh, t- antonio brown the great the most talented wide receiver of the past 10 years i don't care what anyone says he may be a head case but the talent he brings to a field is insane and then you look at the guys that they have they've had mike evans chris godwin oj howard cameron Brate. it's an insane group of guys that they have there and if he can keep his head straight i mean my goodness that's they're building a super team
0: yeah, it is kind of crazy to just think about how many um, great players just love leaving the, um, you know, Northeast teams and go down to Florida. Kind of strange. We've definitely, you know, seen this somewhere else, maybe in the NHL with the Rangers and, you know, half that team moving to Tampa Bay. But um,
1: I thought you meant Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now.
0: That too, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, well, that's not Northeast. But, um, yeah. Hey, we're pretty Northeast. Eh. We're not Midwest. I'm not taking that. Definitely not Midwest. F the Midwest.
0: Ouch. That's offensive to cheese.
1: But um, anyway, um,
0: yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I think he'll. I don't know. It, it's just the same stuff I feel like with him, where he behaves for a game or two, and then he's not getting his way. Then he throws his little fit, and then he gets released, and then he complains. And then everyone listens to him for like a month. And then. He just kind of disappears off the face of the planet, which I feel like is kind of where it would be nice to just keep him there.
1: Well, well, I guess we'll see if Tom Brady can actually keep him sane or not. But fingers Again. crossed. I'm hoping for yeah. his. I'm hoping for his success because of how talented he is. It'd be a waste to not have him on a field uh, every Sunday.
0: I just like, kind of want to be done with him.
1: <laughs> um, yesterday, uh, backup quarterback now starting quarterback for the Cowboys, Andy Dalton. Took a really bad hit to the head. He went in for a slide, and linebacker John Bostick, who is a former Steeler, went right for his head as he was sliding down.
0: down. I saw this.
1: He was he was pretty. It was, looked pretty bad. Definitely was concussed, and Bostick was ejected for the hit. They're not sure how long Dalton's going to be out with his concussion, but go that who went in for Dalton was former Pine Richland quarterback Ben Danucci. He is the third string quarterback for the Cowboys and unless they sign somebody here in the next week is their presumptive starting quarterback uh, in the future. So there have been talks about uh, there's still a lot of there's still free agent quarterbacks that are out there. I mean the obvious one everyone brings up is Colin Kaepernick but there's still a bunch of guys that are available that they have to be better than Ben DiNucci. I'm sorry. I mean I'm all for local guys making it big as quarterbacks or in, in the NFL in general but he's not no there's there there got to be better quarterbacks out there so but i'm not i hate the cowboys so i don't really care start ben DiNucci. on honestly give him a shot um and then uh the another big game that happened yesterday was the new england patriots lost big to san francisco san francisco is not the team they were last year they're kind of like a mediocre team but they lost they stomped on the new england patriots it was 33-6 i believe and now have gotten into the point where Cam Newton's job is in question. I love you too, Troy. <laughs> so that's the news out of, uh, out of New England. Um, it goes to show you that Tom Brady, it seems like Tom Brady was right, and he is the glue that held it all together, not actually Bill Belichick. Is Bill Belichick still there, and they're losing? Tom Brady is in Tampa, and they're five and two now. So, maybe Tom Brady is the secret sauce. Um, That's all for football news, and we have one last thing to talk about in the NBA. Your fate, now your favorite sport. I'm sorry.
0: Oh yes, my absolute favorite sport is now NASCAR's gone, and I'm so just (laughs) distraught. You have no idea.
1: So like hockey, uh, the Raptors need to look for other options because they are not going to be able oh, I guess like the Blue Jays, they're not going to be able to play in Canada because Trudeau and COVID. So they've looked at a couple different options. They originally looked at Kentucky. That was their first option for some odd reason. But the players vetoed that because that is, uh, I think it was in Louisville, which is where Breonna Taylor was killed. And they are not for that. So that's no longer an option. New Jersey is a currently, I believe, the leading option because the Prudential Center, where the Devils play, has held basketball before. That's where the New Jersey Nets used to play before they moved to Brooklyn. So that's a facility that can handle basketball. And Buffalo was an option, but it seems like it's not as much now because the arena where they play, which is the Key Bank Arena... Is uh, they don't they don't have professional basketball, they don't, the facility isn't doesn't seem to be up to standards for an NBA team. Even though it's good for the Sabres, it's not not going to fit the traditional standards for NBA. So it seems like right now the leading choice is New Jersey, uh, and that's where that is. Is there anything thought, else we missed?
0: Um, now just to feed into this, I just I don't know. It's kind of interesting because the way that they build all basically new I don't I guess call them NHL stadiums because that's ultimately the foundation but it seems like all of the newer ones are like they're building them to where they're like I guess in quotes multi-use to where you can have like shows and have like basketball courts and stuff because look at PPG like they have they held the um the um college basketball they hold that tournament
1: I think every couple of years or something Yeah, Mar- like that March Madness they hold some games yep
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, and I think that, and I feel like a lot of the new, I I guess newer stadiums, probably built in the past, what, 15 years or something, I would say, Mm -hmm. they they built them around that just so they can be multi-used, so I feel like a lot of the, um, I guess, NHL cities and, yeah, because, I mean, really, NBA, you you can't play, you know what I mean, you can't play a um, hockey game in, like, an nba stadium just because there's no ice in it, it's smaller but yeah it, it works the other way around
1: yeah there's very few um basketball specific stadiums left because like you're saying a lot of them are multi-use now but even when they tried to do it the opposite way because the brooklyn stadium uh, barclay center it was built for the nets but then they tried putting the islanders in it and with the way the ice was because of how the seats were like permanently arranged the I, the scoreboard was like over, like one of the nets. It was so off centered and it was so like weird how it Painful
0: worked. Painful to look at. Yeah. It was
1: it was disgusting. And there were like, with the um upper bowl, there were parts where you couldn't see the full ice. You literally could not see the one net. It was insane. But then I, I
0: heard the the um ice was bad because I guess they it they was the plumbing. Since it obviously wasn't yeah since it obviously wasn't built to hold um an NHL rank. I heard the ice was
1: horrendous. Yeah, they didn't have the right refrigeration like underneath the floor to make it work properly. So they that was like a short lived They I don't think they play any games in Barclays anymore. But I think the, the big problem was that the Sabres also didn't want to do it because I think in that arena, they only have like one set of locker rooms and they don't want to have to split it with another team. Where in the Prudential Center because it was an NBA stadium at one point, NBA arena at one point. They have like the um like the room to have two teams. They can put the Devils and the Raptors, like comfortably. They can have like their own spaces. Whereas that wasn't as that's not possible in Buffalo. But it's going to be interesting to follow. I always think that these logistical, like having to be creative because of COVID things. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of it's interesting to follow along. It's making people have to be creative, and it's always weird seeing like neutral site games and stuff. So. But it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Uh, no matter if you're following basketball, baseball, football. I mean, football is kind of just doing their own thing, but I guess hockey, basketball, and baseball. It's interesting to follow along. Is there anything we have to talk about for any of these other sports? Um,
0: I don't think so. And uh, next time coming up, we will have a definitive World Series winner. So that will be handed out. Um, I don't know. In the next week, I'd imagine we're probably going to see a good NHL trade because I think someone's going to end up making the move just with November being right around the corner. I think someone's going to try to make the move because I'd imagine, um, like training camps and stuff, they're going to want to have the set team. So I'd imagine a big move is made in the NHL. Um, NFL wise, yeah, I don't know. It just depends on whenever the next episode is made, but who knows? We'll,
1: well see what happens. But I think the Ravens game will probably happen by uh because it's going to be a Sunday afternoon game. So, yeah, if it's next week, if we record next Monday, we'll have the Ravens-Steelers result. We'll have a World Series winner for certain. And uh, hopefully there's some more moves in the NHL because it's it's the weird part of the season now where there's not a ton going on. So I
0: think that'll happen, but we'll see.
1: Well, then I think that'll do it then for us. I'll take us out. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Unit Report. We had a lot of fun doing it. I, I know Troy – was sending me love signals the entire episode, so it's not even Valentine's Day, and he's showing all this love and affection. He's a, he's a great co-host. He's a great subordinate to have. On the, uh,
0: our host leader, um, you know,
1: a dictator. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. Um, yeah, we're, we're uh, we love having Troy. We love having me. We, we we this is fun. We have a great time doing this. But that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow the unit report on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes. I think iHeartRadio has us too somewhere. Maybe Pandora. I don't even remember where I put us all on, but we're a lot of places. Make sure you listen and uh, you know, have a good one. It was nice talking to you guys. See ya!